I was talking about this with my wife last night. Amber Tamblyn. Um, Amber Tamblyn. Was she in such short of my traveling pants? Yes. I referenced that movie so fucking much. I, then, yeah, I'm fucking one of those girls. <laughs> Dude, I'm fucking nailing one of those <laughs> pants girls. The thing I've always dug about you is you always had this underground feel. Like, like almost like a punk band feel. So shit like that, I feel like you'd get... Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, certainly, yeah. I was... Uh, <laughs> Don't you, know. you fucking start. But I sold out. I did uh, um, I did chipmunk movies, so... Throw me in the briar patch. <laughs> I would do... You realize I'd do that for the rest of my life. I do not regret it for at all. I don't give a shit. I know it was a big deal for some people. And not a big deal. It was a pretend big deal for what do you mean? 10 minutes. That uh, at the time when I did it, I, you know... To some people, I lost any kind of credibility uh, because of that. But I, I don't regret a second of it. It's for kids. Kids Dude. love it. And parents. You know, and, we, and I parents, mean, you, yes. how, your daughter's seven, seven. She just turned six last week. Six. Yeah. So now you're going through the phase where you get to watch stuff with your kid. I haven't done that. I, for real? I, yeah. I mean, I purposely haven't done that. Uh, I just don't want to kind of ruin it. Ruin the or alter the experience of of seeing a story like that, and I haven't. She'll see it eventually. It's just, yeah. and there are also literally a million options uh, that are good. There's a lot of great stuff yeah, for kids out there. But as a dad, when I had kids and you were in that, it, I went, oh, okay. There's one of my guys. I got to watch it. I got to enjoy it. Yeah, but that's a that's uh, and I'm and I'm glad and I appreciate that. And I do when I was doing it, I had. You know, in the back of my mind, I had the idea of, I know that parents are going to be sitting, having to watch this over and over and over again. So if I can do something for the parents yeah. and try to be funny and engaging every, you know, so when I'm on, you don't roll your eyes like, oh my God, this thing is an hour and a half of nonsense. And then hopefully there's like a little something for the adults watching i i have to say this out loud i cannot believe with a career like yours that someone would ever attempt to say that doing one more i think it was three movies right it was well, it was contractually obligated Who, nobody i i don't think anybody thought it was going to be a billion dollar you know business <laughs> the chickmunks were the biggest thing when i was huge, a kid huge do you remember like the, the fucking albums you'd hear them over christmas yeah yeah, yeah dude it, and so but you've done i mean i still get i get people that are now, you know, adults, really young adults, but they're adults. And I still get people like, uh, hey, man, aren't you the guy who stole the chipmunks? It's it's always the same thing. Stole, aren't you the guy who stole the chipmunks? Can Didn't you, you steal the chipmunks? Can I tell you, out of all the things you've done in your career, those are the not. And by the way, I'm not even talking like out of all the things you've done in your career, the number one thing I think of, and this is, but this is because I'm a comic and I'm sure you'll understand it, is... Uh, like when you and Larry the Cable Guy went after each other. Mm -hmm. I remember that. I remember that. Like that was like young comic and mm -hmm. gossip back and forth. It was like, yo, yeah, did you beef, see? Beef, comic beef. Dude, I, that was like, that was a <laughs> fun one. I remember I think you and Patton went at, back and forth one time. Yeah, well, that was about, uh, that was a misunderstanding. That was about that Rat I, Tattooey, I'm, right? No, it was about chipmunks. Oh, for real? Yeah, it was. Uh, but it was a complete 100% misunderstanding on my part. And I was also a little oversensitive because all this sh shit came out in a matter of days and and you know it was kind of a bummer and yeah. uh and it was a lot of piling on and again it was all 
nothing. It's just easy to go, you suck, dude. Yeah. You know, and then go get that was the heyday your... of Twitter too, I think. Yeah, well it was Facebook, I think, really? was the Yeah, I don't even know if Twitter was around then, right? I mean, when I was Twitter know. around? I I I you know what I did? This is an old man hack. Uh I'm made it so that I can't, I don't have the app anymore. So if I want yeah. to see Twitter, it's got to be on my phone mm -hmm. and my eyes don't work enough to see it. So I don't read Twitter anymore. You know what? Similar, but uh, I had to replace my phone like uh, three, four weeks ago. And um, and I got, uh, I'm on, I got an Android, but in, I used to have um, a Samsung. Mm -hmm. But uh, the only thing I could get quickly was the google pixel which i have now yeah and i couldn't and i'm not good at this shit at all like transferring stuff and how to have you know people walk me through it and my twitter and instagram didn't transfer a bunch of stuff transferred all you know you do a little peer-to-peer -peer thing yeah and uh a bunch of stuff went in there but a bunch of stuff i had to go through by hand and then when it came to twitter and instagram I'm like nope I'm not gonna do it really i'm not gonna do it and you know, I've I've uh, taken a dump has been liberating. Now I can hey, my mind is free what to you, wander. What do you do when you take a dump, That's all it's, I do. I I, uh, I get back to my roots, you know, and uh, um, think a lot of precious thoughts. Wait, do, you read, do you read books? <laughs> yes, I read. Are you books. serious? I do read books. Like what? Oh, on the on the show? No, no, just in life. I've never fucking read a book. I've yes, I read. Uh, I read. Like, I read books. What is David Cross reading? Well. Uh, right now, I'm about a little over halfway through They Knew by uh, Sarah Kenziar. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, but I have I just read Rob, Rob Delaney's book, too. Um, I like Rob Delaney uh, a lot. Yeah, he's a I like Rob guy. Delaney a lot. Beautiful, beautiful human, too. Yeah, know? I like Rob Delaney a lot. I, I tried to reach out when I was in Europe, to uh, in UK, to do a podcast with him. But I never got through. I don't... I'm, didn't reach out hard enough to be honest. Right, and he's insanely busy too, and he's yeah. got a, he lives there, so his family. Yeah. he's got. Wait, but, what's, what's they knew about? They they knew sounds about like uh, some antebellum uh, haunting. No, no, it's uh, it's nonfiction, uh, and I've got to stop. I got to cut down on the nonfiction and go back to fiction. I, I love but, nonfiction. It, I only I mean, like nonfiction. It's too. It's just too much. It's too depressing and too. It's a, it's about the um how we got to where we are and oh all the, God. the players like, in the play in oh, it's like current politics current going and also how we got here and what always existed to uh get us here um with you know uh, trump and the uh um clintons and bush and you know all that stuff there it is um are you a conspiracy theory guy at no, all no not at all not at no, all. I, no. I could be. I, I'm not. I'm not smart enough to uh, not get swayed into it. Like I think there are there are legitimate. It it the way that the information is put out there. It's just enough, and and you got to remember that we the especially in the last uh, conspiracies are different now and. Uh, um, I mean, the idea of, you know, the uh, uh, the CIA killed Kennedy kind of thing. Yeah, boom, um, number one. You, it's there's there are some things uh, that you can extrapolate and believe in. Uh, I 
you know, this idea that, um, and the, this book actually goes into it a little bit, um, that people will dismiss uh, uh, conspiracy with like, well, you know, no, not a, a, you couldn't do this thing because 100,000 people couldn't keep a secret. And yeah, they could. Yeah, they could. Um, and and again, I don't believe in uh, uh, almost all of it, but I can easily see, without being judgmental or, or you know, no judgment, why people would believe it. I can, I can, there are some things that are absurd to me, like uh, chemtrails, or we're the, you know, there's a secret race of lizard people that are that yeah. replace the royals. Frogs are and, gay. Pizza Gate. Oh, those know, ones. Well, Pizza Gate was disproven. I mean, the guy came in. The, the guy, guy came in with a fucking gun. And there's no basement, and they're like eating pizza, going, "What? See, you know, see, there's no." I'm that guy. You're the guy with a gun, and I'll tell you why. T- I'm not, maybe I would never take it that far, but I am. What the about guy. a squirt gun? Take a squirt gun. Yeah, pellet gun, BB. Have you ever been cheated on? Uh, sort of. Yes, I've been I, cheated on in epic fashions. Right, like girlfriend slept with my best friend. Dudes told me about it. Nope, I have faith. Right. Uh. Because you had faith in, the I had faith. Girl in, and, I, had, I had faith. Like right, that's it's right. the problem. Like I mean, I think I, there's so much to un, unpack here with me and you because we both grew up in the South. We both. Where, knew, where are you from? I'm from Florida. It's, I know okay. it's not. I know you're from Atlanta. So, <laughs> no, but that's, no, 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 no. You're. <laughs> you, no, I love I that, that you can anticipate. That's what uh, pe- uh, Florida and Texas always get. They're like, uh, I'm from. Uh, no, this is Texas. This is Texas, <laughs> not the South. Florida's different. I used to say I knew two dudes growing out, up without tongues. So like that's Florida. Tongueless yeah. Brett and. <laughs> so, um, but I, I when I got cheated on, I have faith that she would never do that. I I, right. I have that same faith in my wife. I really mm. believe my wife would never cheat on me. Oh, dude, I have some terrible information. <laughs> I thought you knew. I thought this was what... Am I? Oh. Is it? Is this on me? Oh, my God. You guys told me when I walked in. <laughs> you realize how you would watch me unravel? But the th- what I'm trying to say is like Wait, that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Back up for one second. Was this, a, was this on stage or in a casual setting? It was in a, on a podcast. Oh, it's sitting here. So he's no, making not in here, it not dumb. in here. Not, it was at someone else's, and and it was just like we what were doing. What the a podcast. fuck is that about? Yeah, there's no. I have. I have. Oh fuck that. Yeah, that's a that's a cheap, stupid cheap joke. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. not guy. That has. I no... have. I have intimacy issues. Intimacy issues. Uh-huh. I have uh, trust issues. Mm-hmm. I have like weird. Like if I trust, like uh. Well, at least you're open about it and oh, you're yeah. aware of it. I'm that's very, good. I'm hot. My, that is the only thing that's good about me is I am hyper aware of my flaws and I'm hyper yeah. self-correcting. But it's because my dad, well, that's I, grew good. Up with, I grew up with a dad who um, was never wrong. Yeah, yeah. So like I had to learn why I was wrong if I wanted to eat right. dinner with them because I was, as, mm. a, as a, the Iraq war broke down and I came mm. home, I was probably 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my energy was so anti-establishment so hippie so punk rock and i was like and by the way i'm total meathead total athlete Mm -hmm. but that was my energy Mm -hmm. my dad i was like fuck george bush this is bullshit we need to protest this war my dad's like go to your fucking room you're an idiot and when you figure out why you're an idiot you're allowed to come out of your room i'm 16 that's fucking crazy and i was like i don't know why i'm an idiot I was like sitting there, but this is what it forced me to do. Right. So adversely, I'm a very good partner in a relationship. Because you got hungry eventually. I hungry, and so yeah. finally I came down. I'm like, I'm starving. Why yeah. the fuck am I an idiot? And he goes, You 
don't understand anything about what Saddam Hussein is doing to his people. You don't have any re no, any right. understanding of why we're going to this war. You don't understand that this is the first time war has been televised, that we can watch the war start together. You have no idea what that's like. My father was in World War II. So is this, my dad, that's my dad. So I, I never talk about politics ever because Ugh. in my back of my head, I hear my dad go, oh, you're a fucking idiot. But your dad was wrong. I, I guess you can I see that now. I mean, it, I mean, it was simplistic, I, and uh, way, I I'm so afraid to say get that. Get your dad in here. Get your fucking dad, dad in here this, now. He'll call me and go. Get your dad. I will talk to your dad. I want to do a podcast with your dad. I don't talk about any politics because that's also that. shitty parenting. Well, it's funny the the parenting you have. I, I don't. I mean, I'm I, my oldest daughter's in college now. My youngest is 16. The parenting you had sometimes shows up and creeps into your parenting. I'm I'm terrified of that. My dad, uh, I don't know how much you know about my backstory. My dad was a asshole, pathological liar. Nothing, he was never wrong ever. Nothing was his fault. I shouldn't say he was never wrong. He nothing was ever his fault. When everything was his fault, and he never took responsibility for anything. He left when uh, we were young, and uh, uh, he wasn't a good guy. Uh, still alive, but he's still um, alive. Yeah, I haven't talked to him. Southern before. accent for no, he's from England. He's oh, from England. Real? Yeah. He's uh he was he was the youngest of five kids. They came over in two different waves. Um uh and he I think he was fourteen or fifteen when he came over. And then he they lived in the Bronx and uh the whole the the entire um uh, extended family settled in the Bronx and Long Island. Um and and he, yeah, I don't know. And then, uh, but he, how do you get to Atlanta? That's a great question. And there's a lot of stuff that my mom, um, she's in therapy right now, and she, uh, we had to kind of talk her into going to therapy, and because uh, she's definitely got, she can't remember a lot of stuff. And I started about three years ago. I started writing things down for an eventual memoir. I've got some interesting stories and upbringing and all that. And, um, and, and she, I would ask her questions, just kind of simpler ones, like timeline type things. Hey, when we got evicted, uh, was that, da, 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 had I gone to school yet? Do you remember this? And, and her response is always like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, you know? And she also got rid of, um, in a very telling way, we had a, bunch of pictures where you know you know old yeah. school pictures and my mom and undeveloped film and my mom got rid of them like you know really heartbreaking stuff for me and my sisters but uh how many sisters two two yeah and and, we're, we're in atlanta i always thought marietta for some reason uh not far roswell oh uh, roswell i yeah. know roswell very well did you ever do the funny farm out there Probably no, not. I when i left uh <laughs> i meant as an adult it wasn't there when you were no a kid. no it was uh um when I go back there, and I'll be back there. Um, oh, I should mention the tour at some point. But uh, world's worst dad. Uh, say what? What's it? What is the yeah? Uh, worst daddy in the world. Worst daddy in the world yeah. tour. Um, I'll just say it now. Worst no, pull up, pull up his tour date so we can mention him now, so people know to go see you. You are an absolute fucking legend doing comedy. You well, are. You, you are man. one of my favorite comics, and I, I got the opportunity to tell you. I'm not getting off track on this story. I'm so <laughs> bad right. as, an, as an interviewer because I end up just having a conversation I'm, more like we were at a bar. I'm bad at an interviewee because well, I will do the same thing. So, but um, I had the opportunity to tell you that in San, San Francisco, Comedy Central put together a festival, and you were in the green room, and I was doing. You were doing the theater at one side, and I was doing the 
uh, the event hall in the, in the next mm-hmm. and i had been randomly binge watching you mm. um one of my favorite things to do is take like take a comic like yourself who i think we have very very different styles mm-hmm. um and just and just try to see if i can now that i'm a better comic because I'm, I'm like i've been a fan of yours my my whole career but now that i'm a better comic to look and go do i see any tricks do i see anything that i'm doing that i go like highlight it like it's so funny. In, in what way? What do you mean? Like, uh, uh, like, like, oh, I don't the know. The way like, that another comic knows another comic is like, oh, I see what you did there. Like, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to right. see it. And like, and, and I, and it, everything you, everything you do on stage is so free and so unapologetic, so unapologetic and, and, uh, and just free. And, and that I go, I can't figure it out. And I ran into you that day and I fucking literally, fucking sh- i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god and i overwhelmed you and i backed you into your own green room and you were at one point like no thank you thank you and i could see you making eyes like someone you didn't know i was a comic right. and you, i could see you making eyes like can someone get him out of here and i was like i'm sorry i'm in your green room now and i realized when people do that to me how aggressive it is and i was like fuck i did everything people do to me that i hate i love that you physically backed me i backed you into your green room i was because i walked around the corner and i'm i'm, I'm loud and i'm right. uh, and i'm very uh and I, and I my wife says i cast a large wake and especially uh-huh. i know i'm performing so i know that it's my area right. so i'm walking around and i see you i go holy shit david cars i've just been binge watching you in my literally that day in my hotel room binge watching you and i think you're some guy off you the think street. i'm just yeah. some guy who's the loudest fucking construction <laughs> worker in san francisco well, i hope i wasn't you were too... very sweet you're very right, sweet good. and then I, I dipped in you were doing the theater and mm-hmm. i dipped in and watched your set you had like 30 minutes before i had to go on so i was just watching your set and i was like I was like, is he fucking doing new material in the theater? I was like, oh my God, I gotta fucking step up my goddamn game. I go, here I am looking for tricks. And he's got, you had your notebook out. And you were just like, everything's brand new and it's murdering. And I'm like, I was like, I just don't write enough. I don't write enough. I don't write enough. Well, and I did my hacky shit next door. So uh, we might have different approaches to writing because I am not capable of, I can't do it. Uh, everything I try when I do it, it's garbage. And I try to re. Uh, approach it every time I get new material, but I can't sit down and write. I can't. I, I cannot either. All of it's written on stage. I have to. Know? I have to write. Um, I can walk for some whatever reason. When I moved to New York, um, mm. when I first started stand up, I could write at the pace you walk in New York was my perfect pace to write. My brain mm-hmm. would think very quickly. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'll get. Uh, I'll get ideas. Sometimes I'll just yeah. leave. I'll push my uh, myself away from my desk. Go, I got to go outside. I got to take a walk. You know, half hour, and I and just try to, you know, whatever kind of bullshitty new age. You know, let your mind wander and meditate and free, yeah. and just try to do that. Disassociate with all the other stuff and see if the thing I'm working on and and it's like an idea that I have an idea that, um, a bit that I've done that people like but it's it's only half of it a bit you know and it's um i've been trying for years and like it was when i start getting new material uh or putting together a new tour you know i've always got material in in my back pocket to go to because the the whole set extends by the time yeah. you know when i'm halfway through this thing i'll it's going to be two hours long at well, that point now it takes them out you and i i don't know i it's i'm always skeptical because i know people say to me like i know who your friends are because they think they know who my friends are and sometimes like i'm like i don't actually know that guy or like that guy but it, and i hate to group you into that whole chunk of people when i started that i just i just was like the way you guys were doing it is it was how i felt like i wanted to do it 
Like mm-hmm. you, Janine, I'm obsessed with Janine. I think she's she's amazing. Right? I think she is like I watched her right before the two days before I moved up to New York. I watched her. Uh, she had a joke about. I just love this joke because it's so not a finished thought, but it says so much. Mm-hmm. She she's like, I was making out with my boyfriend in my pickup truck outside my apartment the other day, and I thought to myself, I'm 33, <laughs> and I just was like, I was like, I got it. like I was like. I was like, yeah, and then when I moved to New York, I was friends with a guy named David Wayne. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah. I wasn't friends with him. I had met him in Greece, and he gave me his number. That's so interesting. I, I, yeah, I know. I didn't I, know you both were into musical theater. <laughs> that, we got to laugh. Way over there. The guy, that guy laughed in the back. I don't know if you can hear that at home or in your car, but that guy laughed. <laughs> and so I, I played Danny, and he played Sandy. Knicky. <laughs> Knicky. <laughs> And so um, he invited me to go see Stella. They were do, used to do Stella on like West Third or something. Was that at the the not uh, the Time Cafe below Fez? Yes, it was the yeah. Time Cafe below Fez, right in like uh, Astor Place there. And I yeah. saw, I saw, so I saw such a different energy of stand up than I had ever heard of. And then I'm obviously I, I started at the Boston Comedy Club in the cellar or Boston, mm-hmm. Boston Comedy Club, and that was a different energy. Totally, I mean, yeah, that 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 whole you know alt thing came out of that style. Came it was an answer to that style, not an answer, but a well, an alternative, I guess. You were in yeah. front of that though in stand up. You were yeah, just by coincidence. You know, I, I happened to be part of that group. Uh, um, and Janine was kind of at the forefront, really, and uh, and then there were the guys who had a kind of a a foot in both sides, you know, Louis and, and Mark Marin, you know, could could kind of play both worlds, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just sort of natural, it was, and it was better. It was better, and it, and it, I wasn't that good at the other style, you know. So funny, I never, I, I when I was younger, I thought there were two different styles. And then when I was older, I was like, oh, no, no, I'm just laughing at funny people. Funny people oh, do, I, and being yeah, independent. At the end of the yeah. day, that's abs- that's it. Funny is funny. Because you know. there were as many yeah. David Tell, Louis ripoffs in the oh, yeah. in the one side as there were Patton Oswalt, David Cross, Janine ripoffs on the other side. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, it's just it's just people following brilliant people trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And look, I, you know, I'm I'm. I would imagine you had the same experience where the first couple of years I did it, I wasn't, I was really trying to emulate my heroes and it wasn't natural. And it took me years and years and years <laughs> to get comfortable and then good. Uh, and then things that are now intuitive, it, you know, it took years. Yeah. I mean, how many, I mean, 590 performances, you know, and when I say performance, I mean, you know, open mic spots and all that shit and going out and doing a road gig at a country Western bar in Fitchburg, you know, uh, all that, all that. It took me all that and eating it, just eating it hard to get to the place I'm at now. It's funny because guys who are finding success now are guys that um, are somewhat ambitious. And when you were, when you started, or let me say rather when i when i was coming up ambition was frowned upon it was like oh really? are you the guy 
you got a MySpace account. Oh, you got you're trying to hustle to get fans. But you okay? Yeah, I I see. But by by ambition, like uh, uh, self promotion. Yes. Right. And now now it's commonplace. Yeah, yeah. But you you you'd be a fool not to do it. Uh, yeah, you know? I uh, I would definitely agree with that. I've only made my career out of self promotion. Yeah, yeah. Um, the but what's interesting to me is that you were all you were always creating. You were always creating outside of just stand up. Whereas a lot of guys were making their living in stand up, you mm -hmm. were always creating outside of stand up. Yeah, that is. I mean, I got lucky. Yeah. You I think mean, it's luck? I, I, I would love. I love that statement because I would love to hear a podcast about people's luck because mm -hmm. I can I can identify my luck way more easier than I can my hard work. Like those little That's things that happen in a career. Like I used to say this about Kevin Hart, and I'm, I'm friends with Kevin. Mm -hmm. I know Kevin. I shouldn't say I'm friends with him. I haven't talked to him forever. But I was in a room one time, and they were saying, and I was just gloating on Kevin Hart, and they're like, yeah, you know, it's crazy. You got to think of the things that had to happen for him to get where he is. And you're like, huh? And they're like, well, Cat Williams got arrested with a gun in his bag. I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, he was on movie timeout because he had done Soul Plane. So like they weren't going to put him in anything. And then Cat Williams supposed to go do Fool's Gold. And he had a gun in his bag. So they arrested him. And they needed someone. And Dave Chappelle was in South Africa. And so they they were like, oh, it's Kevin Hart. And I went, what? Like, and like oh, those little. Those I didn't little, know that. That's oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And I, I like little things like that. I go, that's where I'm like, I go, oh, I like I, one of the luckiest things that ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. um, we were doing an ICM showcase. It's probably like 99. 9899 and uh a dude named Earthquake was on it. Do you know Earthquake? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no of them. Yeah. He's a monster. Yeah. And it was all Well, he killed uh, 20,000 people in Turkey <laughs> and Syria. I don't know what that's about. But he's he that guy's got some issues. I'm sorry your set didn't go over that well. <laughs> you need to take it out on and... All right. It's so it's so uh <laughs> it's so I'm coming up with some dumb, <laughs> dumb jokes, man. Some really dumb jokes. <laughs> so he, uh, it was all white, white, young white dude comics. Like mean, mm. was, I won't say their names. It was all white dude comics. We're all now working, but all white That's dude comics. That's 95% of comedy, so. No women. Yeah. This is 19, the way it should be. 99. This is 1999. It's all white dudes yeah. and earthquake. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Earthquake is a uh, black gay woman. Yeah. Comic. Oh, he's and so and so, no one wanted to follow Earthquake. It's, everyone's like, I'm not going after Earthquake. I'm not going after Earthquake. And so everyone was shuffling, and I was the youngest. Here comes Bert. But I but I was like, and then they were like, Bert's going after Earthquake. So I was new at comedy, and all I knew is I had a get in there, kid. Trial by fire. Yeah. Get in there. And all I knew was like, is like an ace in my pocket. I, I knew that I had a joke about my name, mm -hmm. like my name by not being sexy during. Uh, and I knew that the joke I used was a black dude's name. Mm -hmm. Call me Quate. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, I bet if I use the name Earthquake, it'll go over well. So I was like, I'll go. And so th the luck of that draw is I went third in the lineup right after the first white dude ate it. Mm -hmm. Earthquake did Killed. better than Turkey. I mean, like yeah. really murdered. And, <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then I went up and I said, my name is Bert. I'm, I'm, I don't talk during sex. Probably my name is Bert. No one wants to hear my name. Uh, 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 Bert, Bert, Bert. And I went, shh, call me Earthquake. And the room went. Oh, yeah. That's, that's and then great. I, I murdered. And yeah. I, I got, I the, literally the red carpet was rolled out for me. 
But those moments of those moments of luck. Well, okay, Bert, the, that was luck, but you rose to the occasion a very smart way, uh, in a way only you could out of all those other comics. So it's a mix. It's luck, but yeah. you had the the skills and the the goods to deliver and capitalize on the luck. I know, but I, I always I always highlight my luck. Like Meet and Rogan was a very a very big part of like being friends, becoming friends with him, and doing his podcasts at an early age. Mm -hmm. And I always go like, so how did that happen? I whittle it down to Tom Segura was supposed to go to dinner with Charlie Murphy, but Charlie Murphy was taking forever. And Tom was waiting for him, and Rogan walked by, and he was like, hey, man, you're really funny. That's where they met, mm -hmm. and that's how I met Joe. And I always think those little things, like, how did you meet Bob? Like, did like did you guys? Um, that, well. Because uh, he's been, you and him, I'm not only just, I mean, you redefined the entire sketch model. You 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 put a flag in the ground for alternative voices. Of mm -hmm. I mean, literally, that show was I mean, I'm not even talking about the Ben Stiller show, which you were part of, but like that show is Mount Rushmore of comedy. It is. It's it's in there. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll put it up in the, uh, you'd have to carve some more stuff in a Mount Rushmore, but yeah, but you, but if, when you, you, if you were able to go around the behind Mount Rushmore <laughs> and do some, yes, we'll put Mr. Show in there. You are in the eye of Monty Python. Like when Monty Python's <laughs> you eye, I'll you're carved into the eye. Yes. <laughs> Take a look of what they're glimpse, watching coming up behind if you them. Glimpse, if yeah. you glimpse, look very closely. Tell me the luck. Give me a luck story about that, like a okay. like a random luck story. I'll go back, back, back. Please. So the the you'd have to go back to Janine, who was kind of responsible in a in a uh, not a proactive way, but just as the centerpiece, I guess. Uh, of introducing Bob and I. Um, so Janine, I met in Boston, uh, you know, through that, the stand up, which, which hadn't turned into the alternative scene yet. Um, but was starting to foment, you know, there. And, uh, and then Janine, uh, got pretty successful in, in that world. She got a lot of, uh, you know, Hollywood attention. She eventually, moved out to uh to LA from Boston um and she had done a couple like sp spots and people just you know and she really was the first person in there with her notes her notes are falling down she did not give a shit she didn't care how you know she dressed the way she wanted to dress and she literally brought out notes like on a tonight show set kind of yeah. like you know that kind of did not care and nobody else cared either you know except for like old old school comics or like you know in their 60s so then Janine came out and she got on uh Larry Sanders I think Stiller was first wasn't it oh, Stiller then Larry yeah, probably, Sanders probably, yeah. so so she she uh came out to LA started doing sets you know everybody took notice very quickly um and then she I'd be curious to know what women were doing stand up at the time I imagine well, it's a lame gosh, it would have been. I mean, there was the old school kind of Rita Rudner and uh, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, Janine, and that was back in the era. Don't forget, that was back in the era where people did stand up so they could get on a sitcom, yeah. which doesn't exist anymore. And and you know, the true stand ups would get pissed off. Like you'd see a guy like Anthony Clark. Don't edit that. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, You'd see guys like that. Do not edit that. Highlight that. Put some reverb on it. A little bit of echo. 
<laughs> and you'd see, you'd see like people like that used to bum a lot of us out. Like you're, you don't care about stand up. This isn't pure to you. You yeah. don't give a shit. You're using this as a stepping stone. Uh, you're never writing any new material. You're getting your solid half hour and that's it. You don't care about performing. You don't care about, uh, any of it, the purity, the, yeah. the love of standup. And, uh, and you're just doing it to get on a sitcom, which, you know, uh, a lot of people did and it worked. He did and very they, successfully. Yeah. He had yeah. a, he was the, I mean, he was the lead in like two, uh, sitcoms. They both kind of tanked pretty well, he had quickly. Yes, dear. He had Boston common. He had mm -hmm. the one where he played a priest with Dan Aykroyd. Like he, like you're, there was that model and it was, it was a bummer to watch it. Yeah, because you and and that's when I showed up as a comic. Yeah, as a comic, you yeah, go it was like a bummer to watch. You go, oh, I brought my family out, and you're doing the exact same thing. Yeah. And it murdered, it murdered. But no, you were killed. like, like I want to see you write. I want to see what else you got. And you guys, I mean, we really were the forefront of that, in my opinion. Your generation and your generation. Well, we loved stand up. We yeah. still do. You know, it's yeah. really important. And uh, and and so Janine must have stood the fuck out when she oh, is yeah. not like. So my dad's Italian. Yeah. <laughs> and man, you know, his arms and are And she's also and... really smart. She's smart and she's gifted in a way. I was going to ask you before when you brought her up, uh, oh, the I last time you saw her. her. Yeah, yeah. Like, huge crush on her. Yeah, huge crush. I, ever since day everybody one. Everybody did. I'm everybody fucking, did. I, by the way, I have great... Keep going. I, I, I could did. talk about Janine Groffalo forever. Keep going. What were you going to say? She, well, you, I was going to ask the last time you saw her because she's still doing what she, she does. And I did... I don't know, a couple months ago, uh, this room in in uh, New York called Caveat, and she, you know, uh, basically lives down the street, comes down. And and I just, I was watching, it was like 15 minutes, and she's just extemporaneously riffing on this. It started as a commercial. This is all off the top of her head. Yeah. It's like the, it's like freestyling. It's like Biggie Smalls skill freestyle, but with a comic and- and just and also the the audience was kind of the age range was probably like 20 to 50 something and there were you know uh straight gay men women just ever, all kinds and everybody yeah. was loving it and oh. and i was just sitting there you know i've been watching her for decades now but just jaw dropped at the at the skill and the how uh uh and just funny, just funny. And also like nobody else is gonna come up with that. That's a Janine thought. And that's a, and just traveling yeah. down this thing where at the end of it, uh, you know, she, you know, it's like, well, I gotta go. And you're like, you you take your first breath. You're like, wow. I mean, she was literally out in the audience talking to people and it just never stopped. There's no downtime. She's kind of a, a quick talker too. Yeah. And it was just, I, I was just, uh, you know, reminded of her, unique skills i had a brilliant uh moment with janine groffalo she's obviously she can say whatever she wants if the, if i misremember this her memory is more accurate but my memory is spot on i'm not gonna forget hanging out with her and so uh we did a CISO taping oh well, that's oh i've never seen so yeah. yeah in a warehouse yeah no ceiling no ceiling was maybe 80 feet in the sky a built set built backdrop this uh, is this must have been montreal I mean, what that's that CISO thing collapsed like the. It's got to be within... 2017, maybe 2000. Well, you can tell. No, it was, before it was, that, it was, it was right when I got kicked off Travel Channel, so it's got to be. Well, it's got to be six years ago at least, almost yeah, yeah. exactly. 
Um, and so not kicked off, fired. But uh, that's kicked off. Well, yeah, same time. Thanks, <laughs> thanks. I wish my yeah. fucking wife's here. She's all about semantics. <laughs> and so um, we did the show. It was me, John Dor, Janine, uh, and then a bunch of people that were younger that were like a little more, uh, a little more exploitable. Yeah, probably. So. But, but yeah, yeah. And so uh, uh, Janine went up, I think first, and uh, and I'm telling you from my perspective, absolutely murdered. I mean, it was the yeah, same thing. Yeah. It was a stream of consciousness rant that went from Teddy Roosevelt to Noam Chomsky to like just, I mean, to like, and also pop culture yeah, stuff. Pop all culture. It was of... so brilliant. And I'm sitting in the back, and you're watching. It's masterful. Yeah, it's yeah. masterful. And I'm sitting in the back, jaw drops, and like you said, she gets done, and you can tell you can tell towards the end she thinks she's not doing well, yeah, and she's always, being yeah. she's d- diffusing it, and, oh, you know, you know, and then gets yeah. off, and I'm like, wow, and I was like, I, I I know she doesn't drink, but I was like, I I I hope I get to ha- see her somewhere near a, somewhere and say how much I liked it, and I went back and she was hanging out in the hair and makeup room by herself, uh, not where the whole party was, and I said, hey, what are you doing? And this is the it's like I don't know, you know, you don't want this moment, but it's an interesting moment to have as a comic. She goes, "I bombed," and I go, "No, you're not at all." And she goes, "I'm embarrassed," and I was like, "What do you mean you're embarrassed? What the fuck are you talking about?" I go, Janine, it's CISO. Yeah, she's fuck? got some I, issues with I that. I go, Janine, you murdered your Janine yeah. Garofalo. Like yeah. you didn't see bombing, you didn't see my set. I tried and I bombed. <laughs> like I fucking tried. <laughs> I did material that works in clubs and I bombed. <laughs> I go, you're fucking a legend. I go. I go, you should come into the into the party. And she goes, I don't want to go. I don't like I, I I didn't do well. I go, Janine, you didn't watch everyone else. You were fucking masterful up there. Please come in. I'm telling you, all anyone wants to do is say hi to you. Please. So we walked into the part. As second she walked in, everyone's like, Janine, you fucking murdered. And you could see her kind of light up. You know, she's never gonna accept a compliment like that. But man, I I that 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 comic, I fucking, I could watch, I could watch her eat crackers on stage. Uh, she's amazing. Back to the story. I'm so bad at this. You, she's doing well out here. She's doing stand up. This is how you and Bob. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm fucking no, horrible. No, no, please. This. I, I, look, it's having a conversation. That's what it is. We, yeah, you know, we fans. should be in a pub on our third beer at this point. So, so yeah. that's how I look at these things. But um, do you still drink? Yeah, too much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next time we'll have cocktails. Okay. I mean, it's early, but unless I, you want to, if you want to, I will. But if you don't, well, I don't. <laughs> uh, I mean, I absolutely will. But I would do it. You know, um, you'll have to come to New York. Yeah. All right. And I'm. I am going to have a podcast. Uh, when I get off the road, I'm going to start that up. Um, Why you don't have one is insane to me. I'll tell you, and let's keep going off topic. I don't care. Yeah. I honestly don't give a shit. But uh, I was talking about this with my wife last night. Amber Tamblyn. Um, Amber Tamblyn. Uh, uh, sister to my traveling pants. Say what? Was she a sister to my traveling pants? Yes. Uh, I I reference that movie so fucking much <laughs> because you're a huge fan. No, no, no. I just I saw of my, one I, or I, two. I don't remember. I don't remember which one. My my sister is the one who got me to see it. And then I watched it. I, and yeah, then... I'm fucking one of those girls. <laughs> Dude, I'm fucking nailing one of those <laughs> pants girls. But we, we, we have, we have, uh, we have 
in random parties with like bachelor parties or whatever, that movie always comes up as like, you should take this shirt. <laughs> it's but the yeah. brotherhood of the <laughs> shitty shirt. <laughs> yeah, but keep going. I'm sorry. You, yeah, so uh, you, you oh, were yeah, talking so to your we wife. Were, yeah. We were talking last night where uh, um uh about because I had neglected this is a a, a problem I have uh, that I just I don't tell people the things that I'm doing and it always pisses especially my family but um Amber and I were having a drink before going to dinner and talking about podcast I could I don't know I came up and I was like uh she's like hey how was that thing that idea you were gonna have the podcast and I was like oh yeah I'm doing it he's like what oh yeah when I get off the road I'll start it's uh who's it with uh headgum uh, what, what are you doing? You know, like all this, yeah. I just neglected to tell her that stuff. And then we were talking about uh, talking like this very conversation that I've had, cause I'm out here doing press for the tour. Um, press is now, uh, thankfully it's stuff like this. You're not doing a, uh, you know, 20 interviews, seven minutes long a piece with local newspapers you're not doing morning radio you're not people doing who the don't t- give a fuck about you and don't know right. who you are exactly By the way, i did that this morning yeah i did really? that this morning i they do call do that i still do call-ins every now and yeah. then and so i'm in grand forks mm-hmm. and the guy goes so say a guy stumbles into your show what's he gonna expect and i go <laughs> i go i'm playing the arena I go, not a lot of people stumble into arenas and go, oh, I wonder what's yeah. going on in here. I wonder what this is. Holy shit. Wait, what the fuck? How, wait, it's only going to cost me 48 bucks to find out? 48? <laughs> what fucking arena shows are you going to? It's going to, this is 70, two $75 tickets. Yeah. We're going to load up with merch. I wonder what the fuck is happening. Yeah. What the fuck? Here's my I'm credit card. I want to take a peek. I was like, dude, no one's stumbling into this. Yeah. And he goes, well, what can they expect? I go, tell them to be shocked. Just tell them to tell them to do what you should have done, which yeah. is just three minutes of research on the internet. It's all out there. Take ninety I, seconds, dude, and idea, take a. Uh, you tell me the idea that anyone would walk by an arena and go, "I see a line." <laughs> human being also the park. Pull storms over. the capital. <laughs> He's not a thoughtful fucking person. Oh. Yeah. And what did, what did have the guy react when you called him on he it? Goes, uh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty sweet. Yeah, he goes, well, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. And then he, and then he goes, this last question, I'm sorry, last question, super important. Um, If there's a biopic about you, who do you want to play you? And I went, oh, that's oh. going to be tough. Now, it's, it's just so we're clear. There is a biopic. So yeah. I go, maybe Ryan Reynolds. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, interesting. Why Ryan Reynolds? I go, how no? I saw some of his work when he was younger, and he did that college movie. I just liked it. I haven't seen what he's doing lately, but that one was good. And he was like, oh fuck, those. I, I you guys were so you guys were the first ones I ever saw acknowledge how bad those interviews were and oh. react in the room. Like yeah, yeah. My best friend's this comedian, Tom Segura. You probably don't know him. And if you do, don't even mention Tom? him. Tom? No, you don't know him. You don't know him. You don't know him. He's a fat, disabled comedian. <laughs> no, but I'm that's joking. How, that's how I know him because he's the fat, disabled comedian, right? <laughs> yeah. He yeah. stubbed his big toe a couple years ago, and he can't, and it hurts. He yeah. cries a lot. And so he was He was like, you guys were like, I'm not that guy. I don't like conversation. So I would, I would a lot of times sit through those shitty interviews and just try to like, you know, put my best smile on. And Tom was like, you guys, where he's like, oh, I'm, I think I'm done here. 
Hey, you, you guys don't know who the fuck I am, huh? And he's like, yeah, no one's doing any, and he would start lighting people up. But you guys, your generation was the first generation that was like, I am not doing these horrible seven minute fucking interviews. Where they're, they're pretty, they're pretty painful, man. Well, yeah. Bob, Bob and I used to have a unspoken, I mean, it was spoken at some point, but an unspoken understanding and a rule, basically, when we were doing press, that if we, and if it became clear, and it usually, you know, uh, showed itself within 15, 20 seconds, the first or second conversation, yeah. or even meeting them before the camera rolled. If the person didn't know us or Mr. Show or anything about it, then we would just lie. And we'd spend the entire, whatever, seven, 12 minutes just making up crazy shit. And that's their interview. And then they yeah. could go to press with that. That's the- f Making, just trying to make each other laugh, you know? Sugur um, used to go in dressed as dj dadmel and <laughs> if they didn't know who he was he would dress as a character mm -hmm. and they go he go yeah yeah i do comedy on the side but i'm really a dj and he'd have a and they go oh tell us about your djing and he would just completely do an interview dressed as a character named dj dadmouth and look at him and so he would dress like this that's great. And not talk about a stand up at all. I fucking love that. I have so much love and respect for that. Yeah. Where is that? What is so And these people clearly have no idea who he no, is. They have no yeah. idea. Good for him. I love that shit. I've been doing that. I you, mean, I've been doing well, that. You guys since. were the kind of the first cuz I don't think I'll ever it'll never get enough no one'll ever understand it the way it, it came down it, that is just a pass passerby comedy fan, especially if you're if you're if you're discovering comedy now, but like back in the day, it was like and I, it was it was like you played along with radio, and if they were shitty, yeah. you ended up having to deal with shitty radio, and you guys didn't do that. But podcasting now, things have changed. You're getting guys like myself, who I have somewhat of a following, but I'm I'm a huge fucking fan. So you're getting it's this is so superior. This is so much more fun than what it used to be. Even I don't know five years ago. Yeah, like. You'd, you'd do the rounds, you do the Tonight Show. And I was talking to, because I've been doing this and I really, really enjoy it because you're having a conversation. We're talking about real things. We're talking, there's no bullshit. Yeah. And, uh, and you can go for stretches without, you're not cramming a bunch of jokes into some, you know, uh, somebody who's talking over you who's not listening to you going, <laughs> oh, that's great. So here's another thing. Now we got a, <laughs> we got a question from Denitra, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're, you know, you're like-minded people and, I, I really enjoy this. And I like talking. I like having conversations, which is why eventually I I came to the the I I I came around on podcasts. Not that it was anti-podcast, but I was like, you know what? I enjoy this. I like talking. I like I'm a big drinker, talking in the bar guy. I I mean Me that that too. is what I'm happiest. When I've had a few drinks and I, it's me and some friends and perhaps friends of friends who I don't know, who I don't even get along with maybe, yeah. and we're at a pub or a, a bar oh, yeah. and, you drink, and you're talking and you're changing minds. I'm, my mind is being changed. I'm getting edified with information. I, we're, we're getting deep in stories and stuff like that. Those are, and that's a podcast can be the closest thing to that that didn't exist prior to podcasts. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I love, um, the, this is really for me. I mean, not like I, like I, I, I'll have guys, I have my friends in, right? Like I've always had my friends in, but they're getting to do this with you. This is a treat for me. Like I get to pick 
You you have brain. no. When I found out, I got to drive to Van Nuys this morning. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go to uh, Bert's house, and I and I said I want to wait till it's under construction, <laughs> and. And so, because I was originally supposed to come here when it, there was not a whole construction yeah. crew in here. It was and, hard to get these guys in this quick. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it in the background. Fuck. I don't know how good your equipment is, but there's yeah. power saws oh, and drills and, and they're ripping things up. And I was like, that's what I want to go do is podcast. I, I want to I want to drive. I want to get a come out from New York. I want to get a shitty Airbnb right off San Vicente Boulevard, like literally off the on the street, uh, where I cannot figure out the heat or the AC. So that like last night, um, I had a, I got up because I woke up and I was like, it's ninety degrees in here, and I don't know, and I don't see so well, and I'm over at the AC unit that I can't figure out, and I go, okay, I think I just turned off the heat, and then wake up an hour later going. Fucking the AC's on and it's 61 degrees in here. Jesus Christ. And my daughter's, you know, I don't want to, my daughter's sleeping in the room. I'm like, oh my God. And then getting up again every hour on the hour because I can't figure out the AC in this shitty fucking Airbnb. I had to rent. And then again, rental car. The the Kia uh, Sonora, I think it is, and uh, and and drive to Van Nuys this morning. Uh, it's like it's, it's, it's a dream. It's, I know it's, it's, it's dream like nine true. dreams come yeah, true. What other podcasts are you doing when you're out here? Um, well, if you must know, I'm always um, curious because because my my special is coming out March 14th, and I'm lining up podcasts mm -hmm. in New York, and I'm usually I would I would argue, and this is, sounds very. I'm usually good at finding good podcasts to be honest. I'm, I like podcasts. Mm. So I listen to good podcasts. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts. If I could just get on a fucking history, I love history podcasts. I go to, I could listen to history podcasts all day long. Do you, do you uh, <clears throat> listen to the dollop? Of course. Dave yeah. Anthony, yeah. Gareth Reynolds is going on tour with me this weekend. Oh, right. On. I'm taking with me him because we're going uh, through Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And so I'm taking him. Oh, you were saying you love nonfiction books too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I love history. I love yeah. history. Um, but the dollops and I've been on the dollop a couple times. There's a bunch of great podcasts to do in New York that I that uh well I you, I'm holding to. you to this. You're gonna do mine when I get uh, mine up. But we running. have to drink. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm a much I'm a really good podcast guest. I'm a horrible host. <laughs> I would not say you're a horrible host. My initial you're premise of this podcast charming and endearing and <laughs> and real. My initial premise of this podcast was having people interview me. Because I know I know I can carry a podcast. Interesting. And so and well, it backfired immediately because the first person I did was in a hotel room in Mexico, mm -hmm. and it was the bartender of the bar. <laughs> and very quickly, you got the energy that he felt I was trying to fuck him. Oh, <laughs> and, come on! Now. And I was like, oh no, he was like, he was like, I don't like. You could tell he just wanted to get out of the room. But I was like, no. How this did my you podcast. convince him in the first place? We were drunk. And we were doing shots. I was doing Travel Channel at the time. And it was like right when I was launching this. And I was like, so I'm going to have people interview me because they don't know anything about me. So I was like, would you be my... I like that idea. I mean, I would, yeah. as, a, as a viewer, I would like to I've had a lot of that. good ideas of podcasts that I just never followed through with. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and so then he was like, yeah, I'll do it. It was a Mexican dude, like old, older. So we get to the room and then it's just, and then he realizes it's just two microphones and an H4N recorder. Oh, you didn't even have like a have camera cam guy. No, that cameras weren't yeah. the thing. Then it was just right. it was me and him, and he was like, "Where's everybody?" Oh, I totally would have been done the same thing, <laughs> even if I knew you, yeah. even if I was your best friend. I'd be like, "What the fuck is going on here? Are you trying to fuck me?" Because you don't have to go through all of this. <laughs> he 
like, well, how does this get to them? And I'm like, and his English wasn't great. And I was like, no, we put it in here and then I'll post it. And he goes, okay. <laughs> and he's looking around the room and he just got no. really uncomfortable. And I was like, I was like, all right, I guess that's not going to be my podcast. And so then uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I love listening to podcasts. I can't wait. You've been on Marin before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. You were on in the early days, though, right? I think I did it a couple times. Yeah, um, and yeah, pretty early. Uh, I mean, ones, we go way back. We those were... ones were my favorite, favorite, favorite out of all the Marins, and I love that. He, I love what he's doing now. Like, I mean, he's just he's a really matchful interviewer. But when he would have people on that he had beef with, mm-hmm. and they'd figure out their beef on the air. Yeah, he's he's a he's a confrontational by nature. He's confrontational. Yeah, but he's also got uh you know a wildly vacillating self-esteem issues so when you when you combine confrontational with a guy who can can swing 180 degrees on whether he's got any value or not i mean that is a (laughs) potent combo and that's why he's he's cornered that thing he's he's perfect he's perfect you'd think his stand-up would be better the uh (laughs) (laughs) i thought you'd get that <laughs> no, uh, his, he's got a new special on HBO Max. It's pretty great. He's yeah, fun. I haven't I, seen it. I will yeah. see it when I go home. Uh, it just I, came I love out. Mark. He's been he's been a a ball buster my whole like ever like ever oh, since. Dude, I was... you didn't know him when he drank, but he because he's been sober for a while. But yeah, holy shit, he was awful. Really, he was awful. He was a bad drunk, and a and you take you take what I just said. Yeah, the confrontational and wildly vacillating self esteem issues and. From Bleak to Dark is the name of his special. Give him a shout out. Yeah, great. I'm sure it's great. I'm gonna. I'll watch it when I get back home. Yeah. Oh, there's an early one. Look at that. Look at that pre facial. Oh hair. wow! Look at. He looks so much better with a mustache. He looks. He looks right with a mustache. Yeah, he it does. Looks, yeah. He looks better as an old man. I gotta be honest with you. Yeah. Like he looks look better. Look at that. Than, look at that. Young Mark Marin. I just. I don't trust. <laughs> I don't trust and I don't I don't appreciate you what you look he's at saying. that guy going you're gonna have to go through some shit my friend yeah yeah and now he's gone through the shit yeah. and you're like okay I'm listening yeah the uh yeah I, I uh you were saying back in the day when you guys were all young he was just he was uh well he was he was pretty cocky too um but he was good he was a successful he was one of those guys who had his uh, uh foot firmly in both worlds of stand-up where he could go <laughs> yeah see hey um, how, how aggressive is this construction <laughs> getting that was bad that was is he bad. are they are they drilling into this room <laughs> right underneath me pretty much yeah um this is the next iteration one day you're, you're, this is so this whole house is our podcast studio yeah so this is the my my room and then my wife has a podcast um how does your wife not have a podcast um, you know what? She would be great for a podcast, but she just started a Substack. I mean, she's a writer by nature, and she yeah. really, she's a great writer. Has seven books out now, and uh, uh, and you know when she when the this kind of uh, what what was like tertiary kind of stuff from from what we normally do, uh, she gravitated towards uh, having a substack because she's just a natural born writer I, mean, you, you think I, I don't know what a substack or a tertiary means what's tertiary uh the uh, something on the side okay it, that that's kind of uh you know it's not part of this thing but it is kind of part it's yeah. sort of not a great description but uh you know ancillary error. what's it's, substack 
Substack is a way to self-publish oh, uh, your own stuff. Yeah, it's really great for writers because they, um, especially like investigative journalists and people who are writing kind of opinion things because so many papers have collapsed, so many uh, magazines are, are uh, you know, just not, they're not, we used to have, you know, millions of magazines and now uh, a lot of the writing where it's your, it, you control everything, it's autonomous and uh, you put your stuff out there. How much, this is a weird question, but how much did she change you? Um, I mean, pretty dramatically, but I because would, you seem like you seem like a you you seem like a very you've always seemed to me like a very thoughtful progressive dude. Just mm -hmm. like I, I've always felt like I don't think anyone in your group the you're like your group of comics the kind of Boston San Francisco LA um, UCB uh, uh, kind of like that world. You guys were always very progressive thinking minded people, but your wife is is very like your wife's your very wife's a very thoughtful person. She is. Uh, I, 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 and, and this, I only know this from hearing her online and stuff. I don't yeah. know. I don't know her. She, uh, I mean, I, I, to, to go back to the question and, and then, uh, then address this, but, uh, you know, she changed me, uh, because I never thought I was going to get married. Not, yeah. not, I didn't, I wasn't anti marriage. I just didn't think I was the kind of guy that was going to get married. But, um, I would say that I was ready to change when I met her. Yeah. Like I had, I had way too much irresponsible fun and I was getting too old for that kind of where it's a little unseemly and, and, and it was, it was time to dial that thing back. Yeah. And so I met her, you know, we connected immediately and we've been together pretty much since we met. Uh, and, so, I mean, I changed, but I would say that I was ready to settle down. As I, was, I was a horrible human being when I met my wife. Like, <laughs> yeah. horrible. Misogynistic. Was... Didn't know it. Misogynist, very misogynistic. I didn't know it. And my I, wife, like, I... highlighted it for me. She's like, just yeah. giving you a heads up. We're getting you in therapy. And I was like, huh? She's like, <clears throat> you're a misogynist, but I know that you love your mom and your sisters. And I know how you feel about women, but you're saying things that aren't connecting with that. So, like... Mm -hmm. Let's get to the base of that. And so wow, I was like, pretty, pretty impressive. Oh, my wife. I, I, what's her podcast? It's called wife of the party. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good title. It's, like it's title. really, it's a great podcast. She does very thoughtful interviews. She really like thinks about them mm -hmm. and writes down questions. I say stuff like, like I'll, this morning we were laying in bed and I go, what do I talk to David Cross about? She's like, what do you want to know? I go, how much money he has? That's always my fucking <laughs> question. Yeah. I want to know. I was I was doing a podcast with Adam Kroll and all these stuff was how much money did you lose like when you got fired from Clear Seattle? Like that's <laughs> always my question. But uh, but she um, to this day, I mean, I have changed her. That's a good question. How much have you changed your wife? Because I changed my wife in like my wife did not know how to fight. Like mm -hmm. she's a redneck. She grew up in Georgia, mm -hmm. and so her thing was like. I'm right, you're wrong, fuck you. You're not pushing me on the couch. Like, that's the way my wife's brain thought, you know? And so I was like, no, we can both be wrong. We can figure it out. We can find a middle ground. We can say we're sorry. She still has a hard time saying she was sorry. But, like, I changed the that's way so my... interesting because of your relationship with your dad. I, well, I only learned how to say I'm sorry. That's all I know how to do. Wow, that's, that's really... I... That's kind of heavy, man. Yeah, I only know how to say I'm sorry, and I only know how to change my opinion.
Mm-hmm. Do you, you were, I, I mean, I hate to bring this up. I don't know. I don't, and by the way, Ed, whatever the fuck you want out, but you just did that salon article that mm-hmm. was going viral about you saying, like, it's okay to change your opinion. Yeah. Dude, I've had audience members change my opinion so often. Yeah. I don't even know if I write my material anymore. <laughs> like, I, I've had audience members come up to me and go, I don't think you meant to say what you said. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, I think I did. I'm like, no, because what I heard was, you think I'm less than human. And I was like, that's not what I meant. And they're like, exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah, and so, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with what you said. Uh, I mean, well, I don't know what, when I got a thing from my uh, cousin like three or four days ago that just an email that said, uh, Fox News, what the fuck? Question mark, exclamation mark. And then I could just see, I saw the headline and I was like, well, I didn't say that. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even read. I just uh, deleted it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't need to know their whatever selective editing bullshit out of context stuff is. But I know, I certainly know the interview just, I mean, it was like three weeks ago. So yeah, that was, I remember uh, very clearly. And I, and I, you know, in that, in that interview, uh, in the original one, I, I don't know what they selectively pulled out, but. Uh, all I read was what they selectively pulled out. Yeah, that's yeah. like, that's all anyone reads. If you days. go to the, inter- you know, it was like, I, I, I'm speaking from my experience that I had. Uh, Is someone uh, typing this in the fucking screen? <laughs> Is someone like, can yeah. you please change the subject? <laughs> is, is God, is, I'm giving you a reminder to go back to this oh, okay. question. Okay, all the questions I've asked that I didn't let him answer. Yes. Oh, there's yes. Like, yes. Yeah. 108 of those. <laughs> how you met Bob. Right yeah. down how you met Bob. <laughs> Going way back to how you doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you like baseball? <laughs> no, but uh, I I uh, uh, I remember really clear, and I I do have some of the obstinance that I referred to that some of the other comics have. Uh, I mean, I really I used to have a bit about the N word, oh, about I... saying the N word as a phrase, as a in place of saying the n-word and how confusing yeah. it is and how i'm not going to do it and and that's something you know whatever 12 14 15 years ago i was like i'm you know this is bullshit it's uh it's not it's illogic and uh and and then i think actually the thing had something to do with that that the, the woman said yeah it was um I don't remember it because it wasn't an important joke. That was the yeah. the key. It was like I'm. She was really. Um, it was very civil conversation. She was clearly, yeah. uh, 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 you know, a little upset. She was a fan. She came to the show. She and her boyfriend. Uh, but she had an issue with this thing, and I sat down. I was like, "Let's talk about this." Yeah. And uh, and we had a good conversation, and I couldn't defend it. It didn't matter. It just didn't matter yeah. it's a throwaway line who gives a shit i'm not going to do it knowing i'm hurting people well just for the like fuck you i'm you can't tell me what to say what not to say actually you can suggest it i'll listen to your suggestion nine out of ten times i'm going to dismiss it and go here's why i say this i'm going to continue saying it but every once in a while i just couldn't defend it yeah i i i so Man, I've been there so much. Yeah. Where because I I write uh somewhat irresponsibly. 
and I and I talk on stage somewhat. If I'm doing sure. like a club, I'll talk somewhat irresponsibly. Same here. And, and you have to, you have to, because you never know where that takes you. You never know in that moment when you're improving or going off on something, or yeah. maybe and an that's... audience interaction where it gets you there. Totally. I have I I had a young woman in um in D.C. that I'll never forget for the rest of my fucking life. Beautiful, and she came up to me at the meet and greet and said, "I." I was amazing show. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I need you to know that I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I listen to your wife's podcast. I got to talk to you this, about this joke. I didn't like it. And I was like, okay. And so I'm like listening to her. It was very casual, very civil. And as she explained it to me, I went, that is not my intention in that joke. And she mm -hmm. was like, I didn't think it was. She's like, you just really work on it if you love it. Or you can also, I think you're better than it. And I went, I'm definitely better than it. And I was like, you're right. And my intention was, and I, and I, and I, the, uh, I, by the way, and I, the, uh, I don't ever want anyone to leave my show being like, fuck, that sucked. That ruined my night. I, cause, and I look, everyone can do whatever they want with comedy. That's the, every, you get to do it. Once you get on stage, you get to pick what you want to do with comedy. But my thing with comedy is I just want to make, I want to make everyone feel better. I want everyone to have a good time. I want everyone to laugh. I want to take chances. I want to push buttons. I want to do all the, I, I, I mean, I'm not in a rush to be the edgiest guy in the room, but like, I want, I want to take big swings mm -hmm. and I want, and I'm going to fail. And you need to allow me that, that width to fail. But like at the end of the day, if you're a fan and you come up to me and you're like, yo, <laughs> like I am definitely willing to fucking listen. I, and when I read, when I, I just read that and I went, oh, I've been there. I fucking, yeah. most comics have been there. Yeah, I think most have, and and I'm just not going to be obstinate for obstinate's yeah, sake. That, that's, and, that is a fool's fucking journey. And and again, I I mean, ninety percent of the time, somebody has an issue. My wife sometimes, and I'm like, I'm going to do that joke because here's why, and I explain it. But every once in a while, I try to defend it, and I can't. And yeah. then I go, well, you know, I don't need that joke that that throwaway line if it's gonna yeah. hurt people fuck that yeah and here's the other thing that's kind of cool about comedy is like i'll i'll have a joke like that i had a joke about um about confederate statues never made it into mm -hmm. a special uh i love i love the joke i mean i still think it's a fucking brilliant joke i love it's one like i don't write a lot of jokes jokes but i out of that one i i was like and it was and i was writing it during the whole fucking june like the black lives matters marches mm -hmm. and this is not this is not going well every time i tried it and i was like guys that's not what i'm trying to say i told it one time on two bears one cave we had to edit it out because tom's like oh and i was like <laughs> well, no I but i know it. it's there i have to hear the joke uh well you need a you need a the, so in order to tell the joke i what i figured out about this joke mm -hmm. i had to preface what i was talking about so do you ever remember the meme of uh during covid of the black dude on the edge of the bed. With oh the yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I said, uh, "Here's." There's a similarity. I'm seeing a similarity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to tell a joke about that first in order to tell that. That's what I okay. learned in this joke. I couldn't go. I couldn't go right into it. So people yeah. didn't know what I was saying. But right. I said, people ask me all the time, "How do you feel about Confederate statues?" I feel the same way about Confederate statues as I do bad tattoos. I feel like I don't believe in the removal. I think we should just cover them up. Like put bigger statues on top of them. That way you'll you won't forget your past, but you'll see your future. You'll see where you're going. For instance, father and son are walking through a park in Alabama. Son's like, 
yo dad what's that statue and he goes that statue son reminds us of the 2020 coronavirus that man's name was wood and he reminds us it's a very popular meme that was passed around and he reminds us of a time when it was us as a country against the virus and not us against each other he was son you know it's really fascinating if you look very deep into his pubic hair that's robert e lee on his horse <laughs> and so i i worked it it's by the way it never made it into a special if you hadn't prefaced it i would add no fucking idea of what you were talking about yeah but you prefaced it and that's a good joke and it's yeah. uh it's written that's like a joke joke yeah, yeah. I, don't joke. Do, I don't do a ton of joke jokes and so but i had to do another joke which made my special uh in order to tell that joke and i had to figure that out and i and mm-hmm. and Every, and and I and I was doing this chunk about Nick Cannon because I thought it was funny. I was like, I think if we're learning anything right now, uh, you know, in the, in the media and on social media about race relations, as white people, we just need to do our part and listen. For me, I've been watching a lot of Wild and Out, and uh, like, and then that was that was throwing people off. So like, you slamming Wild and Out. I was like, what's sad is I was watching a lot of Wild and Out, yeah. and I was like, and if, I, if you learn anything from Wild and Out, it's better when the white guy doesn't talk, and so. <laughs> But it was like, so all these things, but these are all things that if not done in the right sequence, if not done in the right order, they come off wrong and you got to figure those out. And, and I think, I think what I find now is most, I don't think I've been in front of a lot of comedy audiences that aren't willing to give you that, 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 that breath, it was a breath with, what is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, the space, the time, yes. the, the, well, that's, yeah. to me, that's the, that, that should be understood by the audience. I would I would hope that it's understood by the audience that when you when you're doing a set somewhere, when you're you know doing and you know working material out, you get to have all those mistakes. When you go out on tour and you're like, okay, it's we're gonna pay a lot of money to get a babysitter and come down here. This yeah. is your night, and uh, you should have that set ready to go figured out there you know, shouldn't be a lot of big mistakes in that yeah there shouldn't be a lot of big mistakes so uh and the the you know those kind of incidences i've had uh or when you're working material out because yeah. you have to work it out you got to figure it out and and, and like <clears throat> you, you know you're you the experience you just described like you don't know if that's good and what's it if it's not good why it's not good until you do it yeah so you hope people give you the leeway yeah i i uh I always get skeptical when I, I, anything written these days always rubs me wrong. So I go, well, what did the whole thing look like? Mm-hmm. Like I, that's, that was my whole thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, you've, what's interesting is that is you do get pulled people. It's like, you are one of those guys that Fox news goes, Oh, he's the, he's the left. Yeah. 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 And I always go, oh, he's just a comic. Yeah, and they they kind of ignore. I pissed off plenty of lefties, and this will this this will you know. You think? Uh, I don't I, think any. I don't think anyone that listens to this is coming for politics. Oh no, I meant the thing that the oh, Fox oh. thing. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, but yeah, they 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 tend to ignore conveniently ignore some some stuff that you know. I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of a definitely way more people on the right. My last special, the uh, I'm from the future you know goes way into the anti-mask anti-vaccine folks uh and those there's are a part, there's a part of you i always thought that you like to tickle the people you like to tickle the bullies oh yeah does that make sense well i think all comics should tickle bullies until you know like i think that's part of comedy I, well i mean it, it can be yeah. and it it's certainly 
part of my stuff, which is, uh, um, again, why I want to be sensitive to, I, I don't want to punch down. I want to punch up, you know? And, uh, and I've done plenty of things where I know I'm pissing everyone off, like everyone. Where uh, two tours ago, I mean, I had a signal with my tour manager, and if I asked for a certain beer, like there'd be uh, uh, in my writer, I'd have two, you know, a, a lager and a and an IPA, and I if I asked for the IPA, you know, by the brand name, uh, then that meant. Uh, because usually, it, whatever, it, that meant that there's no encore, uh, put my stuff by the side of the stage. I'm not kidding. And I'm running to the bus or running to the hotel because I, my safety is, uh, you know, I'm really? feeling weirded out. Yeah, I had some issues, you know. For real? Yeah. That fucking pisses me off. It, it's, it, you know, I had a guy, I had a security guy. This is one, the last tour I did, uh, Oh Come On, and I, uh, I was in Pittsburgh. I was at the... Carnegie, Carnegie Mellon. What, yeah, it's over know, by the Hol campus. It's Holman really beautiful. Hall or something yeah. like that. Or it's beautiful. Uh, it was a great room. I, I played it's it a, a couple room, times. But it's a beautiful. It's right. It's go there's gorgeous uh, parks right around there. It's fucking absolutely. It's beautiful. like kind of on a hill. Yeah. Like on a, yeah. And it's uh, I've always had uh, good shows there. And um, uh, and you know sometimes they they just assign security. I didn't ask for security, but occasionally you have they just the theater has yeah. a guy. And so there's a guy in the you know classic black windbreaker with security and white on the back. And there's one guy on either side of the stage. And um, I hadn't had any real issues on that tour. Uh, and then, uh, and I had just, I'd, I'm very uh, specific about sequencing, which yeah. I think I think a lot, and you kind of uh, alluded to it before, but it's really important. Sequencing is, is an unknown uh, uh, thing that like the, the fan wouldn't really think about, but yeah. it's really important. Um, and, and I always do like twenty minutes of kind of nothing up front, except uh, obviously I didn't do that. In I'm from the future, but uh, which has Holocaust stuff from the very beginning. But um, it was you know kind of benign little yeah. stuff, nothing you know cutesy little things. And uh, before I get into the heavier stuff, and I just, I mean, I'm less than two minutes into Trump stuff, and the guy, the security guy on my left, stage left. Is like, this is fucking bullshit. I quit <laughs> and takes his uh, jacket off and throws it. And everybody thought it was a plant because it was, the way it came in the in the show was perfect. And people were really confused. Totally thought it was a bit oh. as he went up. And he it was one of those things, you know, the the theater door. So so he's kind of backlit once the yeah. door closes and it's like kind of darker, but you can see him and he's yelling and he's like a, a cameo of this guy going, rawr, 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 you know, and. Everyone for a minute, everyone thinks it's a bit. And how's it going to pay off? Is this guy going to come back? He's a yeah. plant. Because yeah. I've done that before. I've had shows yeah. where I have plants in the audience, and uh, and then telling people that it was real, they still didn't believe me. And there, it was just the weirdest hiccup in a show. It all worked out great. It was yeah. really because then people came around to starting to understand, like, oh, that's that was really that really happened. Yeah. The, the security guy, the guy who's supposed to protect you from the people who are going to throw things at you. I had a, I had a, uh, I had a security guard who could not. Uh, uh, it's it's happened to me mostly with like deaf people. 
because I, I had two jokes about deaf people and uh if you were i you would think i'd planted them you would think <laughs> i'd fucking planted them <sighs> it's i wish i had i wish i had that well, much tell me tell me tell me tell me uh i had a i had I had this chunk about uh, my, uh, it's all my new special, so I don't want to go into it, but okay, it's sure. about, it's about uh, deaf people and, and one of the security guards was deaf and there was a signed person signing mm -hmm. and the security guard was watching the signing person mm -hmm. and the signing person was going back and forth and I'm like, oh fuck, are security guards deaf? I was like, how are they going to hear anything coming out? Like, what, what are they going to fucking just, so you're watching her, so if you're watching her, I'm fucked. And then I'm saying this, and then they're saying it, and then the woman starts looking at me, and I'm like, "Motherfucker!" <laughs> it was I've had uh, I've had every fucking shit show. I'm because I'm not a very thoughtful person. Meaning, not, I'm thoughtful for people, but I don't think out life very far ahead in advance. Mm -hmm. So I often get myself into situations. Yeah, I've had I've had uh, security guards going. I'm not protecting you. Yeah, yeah. I've had I had one in. I, I had a joke about my dog being Mexican. Because uh, my it's an old joke, but our our oldest dog we adopted, we adopted from she was from the barrio, mm -hmm. so and didn't speak English. Well, we didn't realize that. We didn't realize that until we got her. We she was like the dog doesn't fucking listen. And then we had this uh, uh, yard guy who's uh, who's Mexican, and he said, "What's her name?" We said Mona, but she doesn't pay attention. He goes, "Oh, uh, what did he say? Siéntate, Monita." And she just sat. And we're like. She speaks fucking Spanish, and it was it's it's obviously if you fucking have a dog that grows up around Spanish people, they're not going to go go out of their way to speak English to them. Right. Sit, they teach yeah. them how to fucking speak Spanish, and so I said, call my dog a cholo, and this dude fucking he was like, I will not be protecting you. Wow. Fuck you, you're racist. And I go, first of all, part of me is like, is cholo a bad word? I was like, I thought it was regular. I thought that that's, I yeah. didn't know that was a bad word. And then and I was like, I was like, fuck, do I need to change? I go, I've already recorded this special. <laughs> I, I didn't know it was a bad word. Yeah. I, I, I mean in a in a like, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. yeah. Don't talk don't fuck are you in San Antonio? No. Okay. Well, you're safe. Why what? I don't, don't say Cholo. Or don't bring up Selena. Uh, well, there goes my Selena chunk. <laughs> So wait, how did you meet right. Bob? So tell finish me. I gotta get you out of here. I don't want you to have to do this too long. I could by the way, I can do this for, with you forever. <laughs> okay. You know, I gotta be honest. I'll come with you, man. back. We'll, it, we'll do yeah, it part two. We'll come back. We'll do we'll, we'll have, answer all the <laughs> we'll have cold beers. I'm dying to talk to you about what <laughs> drinks you enjoy. I'm trying I'm dying to do your podcast. When do you start your podcast? Do you know? Um I'm gonna be out on tour for until uh, April, I saw, right? No, 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 no. That's I'm gonna be out until Pull up his tour again. Uh well you have Sean Patton on some of your shows? Yeah, Sean's opening. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. Sean is a gangster, and I fucking look love at that this. guy. I love that you put with special guest Sean Patton. Yeah, dude, Sean Patton is a legit theater act on his own. That guy's He's new great. special is phenomenal, and he is the funnest, top five funnest hangs in the world. He's, Brilliant on stage. He, there's a reason I asked him to do it, and I really, you know, I I try to, you know, Jesus Christ, wait, go through these tour dates. Let's take a second, go up to the top. So you're. When does it this start? This is the first start? leg. It starts March 2nd. Okay, um, so that's fucking yeah. Revolution Hall. That's a great fucking room. Yeah, these are most of these are really good rooms. Oh, I love that you're starting the Portland, Seattle, Vancouver run mm -hmm. is like is like the best. That's the best way to start off a tour, in my opinion. Are you doing a tour bus? No, uh, unfortunately, and I've been dealing with trying to get uh, figure out plane routing and stuff, but uh, because of my daughter's in school now. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the old tour, I, I, she went on tour with me. I mean, I literally, we put a pack, pack and play in the tour bus and she was on tour. It was me, my wife, the nanny and uh tour bus. And we did, you know, I did like four months out on the road. Fucking great is that? It was great. And now because she's in school and I don't want to be gone for four months straight, which is a better way. That's what I like to do. Yeah. uh, Just get out there. And so I'm, I'm only out for like three, four, five, six days. And then back for four days, so mostly doing weekends. But you know, there's so much of this. Well, there's no direct flight from Columbia to Omaha, so we need to fly into Cedar Rapids, and then it's a 7 a.m. flight, and then we'll connect here, and then it's a two-hour drive. And so there's a lot of that shit. Terry, are you doing? Uh, you're doing the egg in Albany. Have you done the egg before? I have not. Oh, good luck. Terry yeah, Town, really? it's that I don't like the. I I'll just say this: if you're going to see David at the Egg, uh, pack alcohol in your pockets. There's a they have a two drink minimum. What? Yeah. Oh wait, two drink minimum, maximum, uh, maximum, max- maximum. And so a lot of the big complaint I got when I did the Egg is uh, people. I've were never like, heard of that. Yeah, I know. Well, it's it's a beautiful. It's a it's a Who beautiful. Who the fuck has a two drink maximum? The Egg in Albany. It's the reason I don't do the Egg anymore. Because wow. uh well, that's so so here you, guys just listen. If you're doing it, get little baby bottles of Jack yeah. or little baby bottles or flask, pa- or plastic. Get, yeah, a little flask, but make sure you take care of yourself. Um get your wife. If your wife doesn't drink, get her to order two beers. Right. That's what I do normally. Yeah. And that's also what Ric Flair does, oddly enough. <laughs> I'm sitting next to Ric Flair I don't know with my Ric Flair's drinking uh, schedule. I'm sitting on on a plane next to him, uh, uh and we're taking off on a Delta flight, and he's with his wife and I'm with mine. Uh-huh. And the lady comes by and goes, Can I get you a drink? And Ric Flair is a big drinker. He's like, ah, like kind of steps in, in front of the line. He's like, mm-hmm. ah, because we're sitting. And he goes, ah, uh, you know what? Good call. Wasn't talking to him, but he was good call. Uh, Hunt, what are you going to take? Uh, you want to want a Bloody Mary? He goes, yeah, you got a double Bloody Mary for her, double Bloody Mary for me. Good call, Hun. And then I was like, oh, cool. And then he goes, can I get you something? I said, uh, baby, what are you going to get? Uh, do you want double Jack on the Rocks? She's like, double, I go, double Jack on the Rocks for her. And you know what? I guess I'll take that too. So we both order for our wives, drink their drinks, and mm-hmm. then drink our drinks. And I'm like, Oh, you sussed it out. Oh, I know. I already do that. Yeah. We both okay. do it identically, independently right. of each other. We drink we, we take and our And it wasn't wives. even your wife. You're pointing to a stranger. Yeah, it was my it was, by the way, I think it was Stacy, my producer, to be honest with you. Um Terrytown, New York, Buffalo. I want to go through your tour dates so everyone can hear them because if they're listening, okay. they know you're coming to your city. Iowa City, uh, Omaha, my fucking favorite city. Yeah, I thought I'd never played that. Uh, until the end, last uh, dude, last thing on the on the last tour, and it was amazing. And I walked in, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna suck." I don't know. And you yeah. know how you we still make that stupid mistake mm-hmm. of judging, yeah. prejudging an audience, where even after thirty plus years of doing this, and I'm like, uh, oh, "This is not gonna be a good show," or "Oh, this is gonna be a great show." And it's not. Yeah. Or this is not good. And it was top five shows. Can Omaha I tell you, was great. Can I tell you why that changed? I love telling you this because you've been out of the loop on this. Yeah. Because of podcasting, because people who drive to work mm-hmm. listen to podcasts, and po- the number one podcasts are comedy podcasts. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you have these people who normally would have been morning radio people. Although Todd right. and Tyler are still really big in Omaha, so like Canada, I massive. did I did their show. I Todd did and their Tyler, sh- yeah, they're amazing. They were, they were great. They're they were amazing. Really, totally they're cool. amazing. But these podcast cities, there's pocket like like Ohio, huge podcast territory. That's great to know because. Yeah. They listen to it. so you'll hear people listen to this right now because I I did I did my special in Omaha because I, I loved it. I mean that was I I really 
you know, I'm. Uh, there's no reason for me to lie or exaggerate. Yeah. It was top five shows. Of, that was a tour that had a hundred dates on it. And yeah, I loved it. They were amazing. Those those cities. You'll find a lot of those cities, and and adversely, I have found that some places in like Alabama, Mississippi, for me, are harder to sell because they don't because. And I think you'll understand this growing up in the South. Those windy roads, you lose connection on your phone, so they're mm -hmm. not they they don't get connection the same way you would in Omaha where it's flat, they don't ever right. lose connection. It's really, it's I, interesting. The, I would love to see like a Malcolm Gladwell book written about, because there are these towns yeah. like Omaha that are huge comedy towns. And it's also the Omaha Funny Bones have been very big and very supportive of comedy. You get cities like that where like, where like uh, you know, Sacramento had just such a hotbed of comedy at a certain time, same with Boston, same with like, yeah. uh, like Austin now is a big hotbed sure. of comedy, but Phoenix, Arizona, uh, Sacramento, God, I love fucking shows in Sacramento. San Francisco, that's, I don't know, I wonder how many shows you're going to add to that. Uh, Los Angeles, San Diego, Austin, Texas at the Paramount. What a yeah, beautiful, beautiful theater. Uh, are you a cigar guy? No, uh, no. Okay. Great place to go on the roof and have a cigar. Can I cocktail. go on the roof anyway if I don't yeah, have a can. cigar? Yeah, you can. Yeah, can you I just can. get a, yeah. like a Frito pie thing? White, uh, White Oak Music Hall in Houston, Texas. Dallas, Texas at the Texas Theater. New Orleans at the Joy Theater. God, I fucking love New Orleans. Oh, St. Yeah. Louis, Chicago. Chicago, Knoxville. Knoxville is a great man. You know what I think is cool about your tour? What is like is like the comedy. Like you get all types of comedy fans, but you also get kids like yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, you know, if I'm the thing, I always remember, and I, I would imagine you have kind of the same type of thing, is. You know, the the road is, it's fucking grueling. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And you gotta, you know, uh, and I drink a lot and I'm not very responsible that way. And uh, and sometimes, you know, uh, you have to bring it. You're not feeling it. And uh, it has nothing to do with the audience, but, you know, you go out and you, and sometimes you, it's depending on multiple factors. Sometimes it's you, sometimes it's the audience, sometimes it's the room, sometimes it's whatever. It's just not working. It's not like clicking, yeah. you know. And you can phone it in. You know how to do that. You've done it enough. Uh, not you, but one. I, you know, do I it. do too. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, we all do. We all do. But I, I have, when, when I'm out on the road, I always, if I start to feel like that, like before I go out on stage or even if the, in the beginning, I, I always imagine I know I know that there's a kid up in the balcony and it's his first show and yeah. he's 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old and he saved up and he's a big fan and I came to his town and it was a it's kind of a big deal for him to get tickets and he's up there and I don't want to disappoint that kid and cuz I was that kid I you know? what, yeah I I was that kid and and so I always bring, I mean, I never, if I start, my mind goes there, I'm like, fuck it, I'm doing this for that kid up there. I don't care about all y'all. I'm doing this for that kid who's up there who's, I'm doing this for him. Isn't it crazy yeah. that like, not and not to get too fucking big and, and mythical about it, but like starting at the age you started at and, and having kind of like just deciding to go like, fuck it, I'll go to New York, fuck it, maybe I'll roll in college, fuck it, I'm getting out. That comedy kind of, not save your life. I don't think you would have been a drug addict, alcoholic, but 
But I think about have. how how might comedy have. gave you a fucking beautiful life and a and a and a a, a road to travel down. You know, yeah. like I, it, it it was. I remember having uh, a girlfriend when I was living in L.A. and I mean. Uh, we would have been 30 at this point, you know, late twenties. And, uh, she didn't know what she wanted to do. She was kind of bouncing around like she was doing production work and then, you know, dabbling in little things. And, and she was 30 basically and didn't know what she wanted to do in life. And she was awesome. She's, uh, 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 but like I'd known what I wanted to do from a young age, you know, the, the kind of idea. And, uh, and I just, I felt, you know, uh, not in a a superior judgmental way, but I just felt really bad. Like she's going to go through life. She's going through life. She's, uh, you know, a third of the way through life and had no idea what, I don't know, maybe a gardener. Nah. Real estate. (laughs) I don't know. Travel agent. I don't know. Like just not, doesn't have that thing that, that uh, I, I feel lucky to have had. You know? Oh, I feel so lucky that I found, I found it so early. I found yeah. I found out I wanted to do comedy at twenty five, and then going, oh, that's my thing, that's yeah. it. Like that's the only thing I ever want. I don't care for about anything else. It's such a gift, and I and I I I think it's cool. I always think it's cool because like, I don't get a I don't get a ton of young kids, but you've always you've always drawn like I mean I think your 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 comedy has always drawn like this great, like for lack of better words, like a comic book scene, like almost like a sure. a, a record club scene, like a, people still get vinyls, like kids who are like my, my daughter, my daughter Isla mm-hmm. is your fan base. Like she's the, she's the one who pulled me aside and is like, have you ever seen this Mr. Show? Mm-hmm. Like, are you really? Being, are, you, are you being serious? And she goes, dad, <laughs> it is hilarious. And I'm like, oh, well, that's you, great you like to hear. It? Oh yeah. Oh, they, they just, well, they, they discovered Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest of development. By the way, I didn't even talk about all the great, amazing shit you've done in your career. All the uh, like, I mean, I'm talking like, like Christine and I. Christine, I've known Christine forever, but like we were friends when Arrested Development showed up on the scene. And to be in a friend group where you discover a show like that, I don't. You'll never get the joy of seeing Arrested Development for the first time, <laughs> where you like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. What the Jason Bateman? When the well, fuck? Like, like this? You gotta remember, he hadn't done anything. We're like. Jason Bateman? <laughs> Who the fuck's his kid? Michael Sarah? Yeah. Like this fucking, it was so much fun to discover that show and then be like, oh, I know what we're watching. I mean. And it wasn't rated. Uh, I mean, it did not a lot of people watched it when it first came out. So you guys were part of a very dying, dying experience of like, oh, nobody knows this except us. Like oh. I was pre-stream uh, and pre-internet, pre-internet kind of, stuff. It, and, yeah, I think it was time when, like right when Facebook and MySpace were out. Yeah, I mean, I mean it wasn't out there. I mean, it was like, uh, it was kind of the last era where people, you know, you could have that experience. Like, have you seen this? Because nobody knows about it. And Yeah, and Georgia and Isla discovered that over the summer. They discovered it, I think, maybe on Netflix, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Well, it's about to go off, actually, and, the whole thing. And so they discovered that, and then Isla, now Georgia's at college, and I guess Georgia must have been with her friends, and they discovered Mr. Show and sent it to Isla, and Isla had a clip. I forget which one it was. One, I don't. I forget which one it was. I don't want to do a disservice, because then Isla will be like, that's not one, Dad. <laughs> but it's like, it's crazy that 
for whatever for whatever for whatever reason your comedy is connected with these kids looking for something kids looking yeah, for and, comedy you know it's it's and then they find all the other stuff and it one one cool aspect of uh of my stand up is uh is that my audience has grown with me but then I'm always getting new younger folks That's in the there as well fucking key. so it's pretty cool so if you go to, go to a show you know there's any the age range is like 20 to 55 you know yeah. like i get i get uh i get boys uh boys predominantly in high school right when their testosterone's kicking in <laughs> and uh and i get them as a parent now i realize i'm getting them for the reason a parent doesn't want like they don't they as a parent you shouldn't want your kid to because you're saucy no no because all my stories are about crazy fucking stupid shit i did right like right. getting involved with the russian mafia whereas a kid I, I remember we had a friend whose kid snuck out in the middle of the night and he fucking took an uber he's like fucking 13 took an uber down to santa monica and met up with this girl and then and it was like this crazy wow. fucking story right at 13 and during the pandemic and i go buddy what the fuck were you thinking and he looks at me in his eyes and he goes cool story though right and i'm like oh no 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 i fucked up i fucked up big time guys this isn't the whole thing you're not supposed to take acid and go to disneyland you're not supposed to eat mushrooms and hold on hold on oh i might have fucking been well, telling that, you guys the wrong message now that you're dad yeah you know. once you're a dad you start looking back at these stories you're like don't fight a bear don't swim in open water with sharks fuck 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 do oh. not get involved if you study abroad do the work learn the language <laughs> have fun with your friends don't go outside your school my if yeah i mean my daughter will eventually you know I mean, I've just said some terrible, awful things, and I've I done, you know, uh, I found myself. I mean, you know, my crack stories are out there, you know, and and just gonna hear a heroin story and just, and I can't take it back. They're they're out there. They're out there. Oh, the know? the things I've said about my daughters on podcasts and on specials on specials, I've just trashed them. I've just trashed. Oh well, them. this this new tour. I mean, it's not. I don't. You know, less than thirty percent of the the hour and change is is uh, about having a kid, but the stuff that is about having a kid about my daughter is pretty. You know, it's pretty harsh. That's fucking great. All right, <laughs> I'm going to get you out of here. How did you meet Bob? Tell me. Finish. We got to finish oh one my God, story. Really? One story. One story. One story. One uh, story. Okay, I'm going to give you the quick synopsis. So I met him. <laughs> uh, I met him. Uh, first through Janine Garofalo. When yes. uh, she, the Stiller show hadn't happened yet, I had gone out to LA to visit and probably tried to do sets and, you know, see what was out there, or whatever, from Boston. And, uh, and, you know, met a bunch of Janine's friends, Ben Stiller, and went out, had drinks with them. And then, um, and she uh, said, Yeah, I was like, oh, I want to play some basketball or something. I played a lot of basketball back then. She's like, Okay, I have a friend, Bob, he's really, really funny. And uh, I think you guys would hit it off great. And uh, and she had a basketball at her, I guess her roommate played basketball. So I picked up the basketball. It was in the Melrose Hollywood area. So it was like, yeah. you know, three blocks around the corner. Go up to his house. He had a screen door uh, that, was that was closed, but his door was open. Meaning yeah. you could, so he's in there, he's watching TV with his, the TV. So, as you as you walk up the steps, his the the chair was facing the TV, which was were behind him. In other yeah. words, his head is we're seeing the back of his head, 
And Janine raps on the door. He's eating like a bowl of tuna fish or something. Um, hey, Bob, uh, my friend David uh, is in from out of town. He's uh, really funny. Uh, he's from Boston, um, and he was looking to play basketball. If you, you know, I think you guys have hit it off. And he, all he did was this. He just turned like you're me. Yeah. No. <laughs> and then turned back to watching. And it's it's it, you got to hear Bob tell the story because his 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 memory is the same. But yeah. he also he he owns up to his uh, you know uh, shittiness and. Um, <laughs> And then, and then, so then I met him, you know, several months later on the Ben Stiller show, I was brought in as a, uh, writer replacement mid season. So I came in halfway through and, uh, and he was a dick to me, like a, like not like actively proactively a dick, not just, uh, he, and I was, I was a fish out of water. I had no idea how fucking Hollywood worked. I didn't know anything about the West Coast or Hollywood yeah. or TV or any of that shit. And, you know, I came in with my cocky ideas of what you know, pure comedy is and whatever the fuck. And uh, and he he just wasn't helpful uh, at all. And again, you have to ask him because he, he is- That's great to hear. He, That's great. <laughs> he totally owns up to it. Yeah. Uh, and he was, uh, but then- uh, being part of that scene, that that burgeoning scene that is now we know what it is, but at the time it was just sort of happening, and there was no word for it. Um, and uh, and we had all these mutual friends, like really talented, cool people. We'd you know doing shows for each other, and we'd we'd always everyone was always partying every weekend. There was a party somewhere, and we were at. I would have been a loved to been a fly on the wall to see those parties back then. They were they were great, and also everybody's fucking each other. You know, yeah. like any kind of creative scene like that when you're young. I mean, we were in our twenties, and um, and uh, or late twenties, early thirties, whatever. But uh, and then um, we were at a party at Laura Milligan's. Where I think Janine was had a room. There were like it was a house, and there were like four comics who shared rooms, shared the house, and. Uh, one of those parties, and then we were in the kitchen, Laura Milligan's kitchen, and we ended up, Bob and I, riffed this thing that became um, the, I don't know the name of the sketch, but the it's one from the first season, the pots and pans, and he's the he's the British, uh, Ernie, the British uh, uh, guy who's like, have you ever, you know, the infomercial thing, yeah, yeah. and I'm, oh, yeah. I'm whatever, uh, uh and then he ends up hitting Jill Talley, beating her with a pant, whatever. And he's like, <laughs> and then he jumps out a window and he's like, British people can fly and uh, all this crazy shit. And then, but we riffed that and it became very apparent very quickly in a way that's, that's very rare. But when it happens, it happens. And it's, and you can kind of, it's akin to having a, a, a spark with a woman, you know, mm -hmm. where you, you make that connection and everything you're saying is kind of, uh, you're totally on and I don't know why, but everything I'm saying is landing and she's going with it and she's great. And there's a connection there. So it was like that without the sexual part, but with the, the comic part where we were just, we started with this thing and ended up telling, listening to each other and telling this, uh, going on this, sketch journey thing that was just bonkers and crazy and cracking each other up and it cr making everybody else laugh. And then from that point forward, it was like, uh, um, 
we just became friendlier and, and there was just a thing there. It's crazy. And now we're like best friends and, you know. I love that. Um, I love I loved the idea that had you not gone to that party. There you go. You maybe the tension, but but you walked in the kit like even the the smallest thing like oh yeah I smoked a little weed that night and then that you can never discount that smoking weed doesn't give you the greatest things in the world you know like I I love I love that that's how I believe in the world that's what I that's what I hang my hat on at the end of the night uh, you got to smoke weed yep yeah yep like I just believe that if you don't show up it doesn't happen. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. All those people yeah. that go, I'm not going out tonight. Oh, what the fuck are you doing? You're missing out on all the How many great stories have started with like, I don't know. I uh, And you get talked into it or something. And yeah. then, you know, it ends up, you know, my 17, wife. 18 hours later. My wife, I she I met my wife playing bowling and, and uh, I thought she was cute. And uh and but I thought I was I was definitely misogynistic. I thought any I thought any woman that was that would pursue it. I thought all women were whores at that point. And so I thought any woman that pursued a dude, because the sex in the city, sex in the city made it seem like all anyone wanted to do is have sex. And that's, I wanted to fall in love. It's the most Florida thing I've ever. <laughs> and so I believe that if a woman pursued a man that, that all they wanted to do is have sex with them and then just have the next guy. And then I didn't want that. So I was like, I got, I got, I was like, I'll just work on myself, you know? And, uh, but I wasn't working on myself. I was just trying to lose weight. And my wife, Gave me her number and I didn't call her. And then mm -hmm. she called our old my old roommate and said, "The fuck's wrong with your friend?" <laughs> he was like, "He just walked in the door. You talk to him." And I was like, "No, oh, I'm not here. I'm not here." <laughs> That's great. And then she was like, "You know, if you ask me out, I'll go." I was like, "Do you want to go out for a date?" And she was like, "Yeah," but I just didn't. If she hadn't said that, yeah. I would I would never have found her. And what part of Georgia is she from? A small town called Bowden. You know where Carrollton is? Uh, is that West, south, West Georgia. Is that Southwest? I think so, yeah, yeah, compared to Roswell. And so it's out on the 20, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, hey. not too far. Yeah. All yeah. Right. And so she, uh, but yeah, it's funny, you know, it's funny when you, you start comedy, there's a few people that you connect to. And, and uh, because I think you were from Atlanta and I knew all my friends moved to Atlanta, Georgia mm -hmm. after graduation. And like Tom Rhodes was from Tampa. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Todd Berry was from Tampa, from mm -hmm. Florida. Mm -hmm. Brian Regan was from Florida. You kind of find the people. You go, oh, if I run into them, I'll be able to go like, oh, we're in Roswell, <laughs> you yeah. know, whatever simple-minded thought. Um, it's been an absolute uh, honor to have you on the podcast. Oh man, man. I'm My such pleasure. a fan. I've been I, a fan. I, I'm a lifelong fan. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed everything this you do tremendously. Um, next time we'll do it, we'll have cocktails. Uh, yeah, you're gonna do mine. I'm, when I, will, I get it I, up and running. Way do you see me as a guest? I'm so good. I'm sure. I'm so much better than a host. Yeah, you'll have to come along too and just uh, have all the stuff ready to go. Christine's roughly my age, probably a little younger. So like, so like, you know, for for all our experiences in comedy, you know, you guys are like I for lack of a better word, around Mount Rushmore. Like you guys were the oh. ones that that kind of put it out there. And, and despite the path I took in comedy, Denver, I never went like. I was never in the alternative scene, but like the guys that made me giggle the hardest, and, and I would say, you know, Atel, obviously number one, yeah, yeah, Louis, all the all the all the greats, but like your scene was so fucking fun, and you guys put out such cool shit. We had so much fun, man. I mean, yeah. it was just you know years and years of running around, especially when in New York. I mean, just running around, drinking, having fun, making each other laugh, and putting on shows with each other for each other. Yeah. It's what it, it always felt. I would sit in the back at uh, what was it, Luna Lounge? Yeah, Luna. Sit yeah. in the back of Luna Lounge and watch you guys. I remember watching 
uh, I think it was Michael Showalter one time read mm -hmm. a letter he had written to his his girlfriend at camp breaking up with her, mm -hmm. or she was breaking up with him. Right. And boy, I fought. I was like, he's not doing this to get a sitcom. No. It was, it was right. so it was so the difference of what you saw at like at like uh the comic strip. The comic strip, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, any of those things. Did you did you ever see uh uh John Benjamin doing because he would host and put shows? John Benjamin too. is one of the funnier dudes in the in the world. And ballsy as hell, man. Super ballsy. Uh, well, uh, Eugene Merman, Merman just put out a uh not just, it was probably a while ago, but put out a doc about about a bunch of people doing stand up. I'm fucking wish I could remember it. I just Oh, a, his it was his uh the Eugene Merman Comedy Festival. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He just put out that and the yeah. so many people in there I'm like fucking That was one thing that would blow me away is I go to there was a place called a uh, it was either Collective Unconscious or... Uh, there was a place called Collective Unconscious. There yeah. was another one around the corner that a guy named Face Boy ran. I forget. He, um, But I remember watching a dude in a clan outfit. Wait, not Neck Face. Was it Neck Face? The graffiti? The tagger? No, no, no. no okay. It was no. I never even got to talk to you about the Beastie Boys. The... Um, the there's so much i'm i you have no idea man wait till i get you drunk <laughs> okay. i feel like i feel like we're on a date wait till i'm I get gonna you get drunk. you drunk <laughs> no, <laughs> um no i watched a dude this was what i loved about this is the thing i loved and i couldn't do it at the time i didn't know what i was doing i think i was closer then to who i am today but still i never really fit in in, in collective unconscious and uh and luna and and uh and what was the other one that was on monday sunday nights uh, face boy uh, ran it anyway i don't know i don't know that one um this dude walked in in a clan outfit like you know bring him up he's in a clan outfit and he was just doing material <laughs> and it was and it, but it was hacky material and he was like what is and then all of a sudden he breaks character and he's crying laughing he goes you have no idea that what i've gone through to get this fucking outfit <laughs> and he's in a clan and the room is crying laughing yeah. And by the way, it's one of the things that I don't think will ever be maybe understood. And it's a nuance is that in no way was he being racist. I understand you can misconstrue that. Yeah, it, no, was of course. Of course. it was ironic. Of course. And, it, and he was like, you have no idea. And he goes, no, better yet. You have no idea to get this, what I had to go through. But it was so dirty, I had to get it dry cleaning. <laughs> and I was crying, fucking laughing. I To this day, that same guy told a story about going to Japan and who was um, it? Do you remember? I no, I never yeah. remembered any. The only person I remember out of that whole fucking scene, sincerely, were Zach mm -hmm. and uh and Brody Stevens. Oh yeah. Brody Stevens, uh, that's it. Yeah. And Br Brody Stevens was doing there was a movie called Ten Things I Hate About You. Mm -hmm. And he goes, and he was doing Ten Things I Hate About Me. How about that movie? <laughs> it would be a short one, and it goes like this. <laughs> I have hair on my cock. <laughs> Not on the base, halfway up it. <laughs> like, I remember th there was so much great, different fucking comedy that I just was, I was on the outskirts of, and I and I was like, I was, I was very, very much a frat boy, and I wasn't ready to lose that. And by the mm -hmm. way, I don't think I'll ever be ready to lose it, I guess. But like, I fit in better at the Boston Comedy Club, but it, it, and I think, I think that energy was changing of the old guard of like, mm -hmm. try to get a sitcom. You still saw it a lot and you, and it, you'd highlight it. And, uh, but, uh, but God, man, I cry. I'm, I saw so much great fucking shit where were I was you, like, Were you ever around for Tinkle? 
the show that John Benjamin and Todd Berry and I did at pianos. No, like around the so. corner from where Luna Lounge was. No, Todd Berry. Todd Berry would cross. Todd Berry was like the he would he would, he could straddle the fence. for sure. Yeah, and Todd Berry was. I mean, he would do what he did at those bars, and he would do it at the Boston Comedy Club. Yeah, and you would just well, he's be, a pure. He's a great joke writer. I mean, he's brilliant. like a writer writer. Have you? I just watched. I just watched. Uh, Hot Honey. What's the one he just? He, oh yeah, yeah. It's an old, yeah. old, an older special. I just yeah. watched it the other night. I was crying, laughing, yeah. crying. I was good friends with a guy named Dimitri Martin when we started. Yeah, and Dimitri, Dimitri immediately went over there, and I was like, "Oh, that'll be." I was like, "Yeah," and then I went over there, and I, I remember the first night, like a fucking idiot, like a fucking idiot. I went to Collective Unconscious, and I was wearing overalls, and I just, it just didn't it, look. Nobody, right. it's New York. It's yeah. in your head, dude. No, no, it's no, no, in no, no, your no. head. When I got on stage in overalls. I think everyone was waiting for a character to come out. Sure. And I was just myself. And they were like, oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. I think I was also a bad comic. Let's projecting. just leave it at that. I was a bad comic. I was a bad comic. But uh, God, man, I saw such cool shit. You know, and then obviously you go to the cellar and you see a tell. I remember. Yeah, it's remember, just different cool shit. But it's oh. a different thing. But it's still good. As you oh. said, it's if you're funny, you're funny. You yeah, know, comics. Just, it's brilliant people in both camps. Yeah. I wish I had understood that uh, earlier in my life. Dude, thank you for doing this. Absolutely. My pleasure. Congrats and on the tour. Thank you. Uh, if anyone's listening, please go out and see him. It's going to be one of the best nights you're going to have. Go to officialdavidcross.com. It's got all my dates. That is the first leg that's up there. Then there's going to be a second leg that we'll announce probably in a matter of days. Is it Europe? Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be, I think Europe's going to be in the third leg. So yeah. I'm taking the summer off. It's all around my kids. Are you going to do, like do your podcast during the summer? You're going to wait until you're done the tour. No, I'll be. I'll wait until I'm done with the tour. Yeah. Or I can start it and bank a bunch. Start it and bank a bunch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe because everyone's that. home during the summer. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, and then by the way, I have to say this. I don't know if you know anything about my fully loaded tour, but it's fucking funny shit. Mm -hmm. It is funny shit. It's over the summer. It's for four weeks. You don't have to do all of them. You can just jump in and do one if you want and just have fun. We're going to be opening it. I don't know. I'm sure this is coming out since we're opening it at Forest Hills. So it's going to be a big out. I'm trying to get everyone out there. So yeah, if you want to just come even absolutely. to hang, it's so much fucking fun. Fuck yeah, dude. Let me know. I'll jump I on stage. I'd love year. to. I had a tell last year and, and a tell was destroying. Yeah. Destroying. That's uh. but yeah, I'll, 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 I'll reach out and please. I'd love to do your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We'll make that happen. Thank you, man, for doing this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.